0: Just go to Cars.com. It's magical.
1: Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? This is Kevin Knight. Uh, We had some technical difficulties, as I'm sure you figured out if you tried to watch the uh, YouTube stream last night. uh, Hotel Internet was not cooperative, so we ended up having to just take the show to an impromptu Twitter spaces um, for about 30 minutes, and that was fun and cool. But uh, we apologize that we couldn't do the full live show. So enjoy this uh, sort of clobbered together (laughs) uh, show today. Uh, We did definitely get to some good takes and some good information, and we will still try to do another live show on Thursday night for the day three practice recap of the Senior Bowl. Thank you so much for your patience and understanding, and enjoy today's episode. All right. I think we got it figured out now. Uh, Thank you for your patience. Uh, Sorry (laughs) that YouTube's not working for everyone who watches this on YouTube uh the hotel internet is just not cooperating tonight it was you know it was too perfect yesterday sadly so uh you know obviously we had to have difficulties tonight but we will bring you guys uh all the content we were planning on doing on youtube uh instead here uh like i said this to be my first time running one of these so and then we will get underway um Yeah, but what we were talking about right before we disconnected uh, was we were all sort of super excited to basically see a couple of guys do really well. Uh, For me, Jermaine Johnson, the edge from Florida State, he sort of continued his great play today. Uh, He was still unblockable. Uh, Kingsley Inigbari from South Carolina was another guy who was basically just dominant today. Um, really enjoyed watching those two, especially when they were paired up together on the same the same uh, unit. I mean, it was just not fair for the offensive lines, and these are no slouches either. I mean, um, the later practice has uh, Darian Kennard. the earlier one has Trevor Penning, but the offensive lines in general they just couldn't hold up. Um, you know, in the early practices, I would say like uh, Oklahoma's Perry and Winfrey was just crushing it uh, on the in- on the interior. That dude is a monster. Um, You know, he had flashes on Tuesday, but today Winfrey was just unstoppable. Um, Just no one could do anything against him. Um, It just, uh, it was really wet and rainy too. So it sort of put a damper on, you know, what might've been a more exciting day from the quarterbacks. I did think that the quarterbacks played better in general uh, than they had the previous couple of uh, like on Tuesday, despite the tougher conditions, so that was nice to see. Um, you know, I think uh, Desmond Ritter had a better day, Kenny Pickett again had a pretty solid day. Um, Carson Strong did struggle a little bit still, but he did hit a good uh, pass, a really nice long throw to uh, Christian Watson, the North Dakota State uh, receiver, who was probably the best, I would say. Uh, receiver from the early team um in terms of other receivers that was a group i was really watching closely today Um, we had uh who was it from memphis calvin austin that dude's awesome so uh that was he was a lot of fun he was great today as well he he was sort of functioning as like everything to the quarterbacks he was sort of the dump off option he was also Uh, the guy that sort of came in and he caught some deep stuff. I mean, he really did a little bit of everything. I was very impressed with his play. Um, Let me see if I can think of anything else. Adnan, did you get the invite to talk? I thought I invited you, but you also have to do it on mobile. Uh, So if you're trying to talk on your computer, it's not going to work. You have to do it on your phone. I found that out the hard way. Um, So you won't actually see that I'm inviting you to talk unless you pull it up on your phone, Uh, which I think is very dumb, you know, because some of us have nice microphones that we'd like to use for this sort of thing. But maybe someday uh, they'll they'll fix that. But. um, Yeah, while we uh, while we wait um, to get Eric in here to get everyone else going, if anyone has questions, uh, you can request to speak and we can uh, see if we can answer some questions for you guys just while we uh, get started here.
0: It's not a question well I guess it's kind of a question um just how's it how like because you never went I I know Eric went to the senior bowl before right this is your first time
1: yeah yeah this is my first time
0: how is it because I know you've been talking about it for a while how is it you know now that you're actually doing it compared to like you know you dreaming about it during the season and stuff
1: yeah it's really cool um It was very wet today, so that part was less fun. But it's funny because yesterday it was supposed to be sunny and warm, so I didn't even bring a jacket. And then it was just like really windy and cold. So, like, today I was like, I'm bringing everything, and I'm glad I did because it was pretty miserable. A lot of people left early because of that. But, um, you know, I I got to meet a lot of people. I know like uh, the pound for pound guys were in here. Um, uh, so yeah, I got to meet those guys, that was nice. Um, got to hook up with um, Josh Kendall of The Athletic. I saw him at the media breakfast this morning. I've, I saw him around practice a bunch. I uh, talked to Michael Rothstein. Uh, met up with the NBC Sports guys, Thor and uh, Tyler, Tyler Fornis. Uh, Tyler was on the show last night. Those guys were a lot of fun. Um, so it's really cool to just get to mingle with a lot of the scouting community, a lot of the people that uh, you sort of meet on Twitter. Uh, Kent LaPlatte, the guy that does uh, relative athletic scores, I sat down and talked to him for a while. Um, you know, got a little bit of insight into how he does his stuff. So that was fun. Um, it's sort of a whirlwind. There's a lot going on, but, um, it's just really cool to get to, uh, it's really, I guess it's the practices are cool, but also the opportunity to sort of, you know, put a face to the name of a lot of folks that you interact with. And, um, I know Hunter uh, Thompson's in here too. I met, I met up with him today. So it was just nice to be able to see people. Um, you know, there's certainly a lot of camaraderie that you get uh from from hanging out with these guys so that that's just a lot of fun in terms of just getting to meet people but um the practices are pretty good too i mean i think day one the jets uh were a little bit you know maligned for sort of a boring practice uh but they they upped it today and then the lions had great practices i think the lions practices were a ton of fun to watch all the time so yeah i a uh, good question there but I, yeah i've been really enjoying it um you know, hoping, I think next time I'll be a little bit more prepared for like the media breakfast because that was just a, a total cluster, uh, but still fun, you know, uh, I got to talk to a couple of the guys I wanted to, but it was a total, total whirlwind, um, but it's been a good time. Are you staying for the uh, the game also? No, I'll be leaving uh, Friday afternoon to go back to Syracuse. I've been told that the game is not worth staying for, everyone leaves, um, right? <laughs> and the scouting aspect of it isn't, you know, that important, but.
2: um yes i figured it out it is a, over the phone i was trying to do yeah. it over the laptop
1: yeah I, I found that out the hard way when i was trying to connect to i think it was like uh damski's space and i was like i can't figure out how to talk and so that's the secret you have to do it on your phone so
2: yeah um well i'm glad i have an expert in spaces to let me know because yeah this is my <laughs> first time doing the space yes
1: um you know we're all sort of learning on the fly here since uh, you know, the hotel internet just totally crapped out. Nothing I could do seemed to be able to fix it. So that's a shame. But, you know, we will uh we'll we'll make do here uh with this new format. Um, you know, maybe get some, some new people in here too. But yeah. Um I know we were talking about uh defensive linemen before we, we signed off, but yeah, non is there any like players Obviously, you know you've probably been hearing the buzz, but are, are anyone based on what you've heard that you're like more interested in now for the Falcons? Uh, now that you've got they've gotten some Senior Bowl
2: buzz behind them, um, you know, just keeping up with the uh, the Georgia theme, maybe a little bit. Devontae White seems to have had a very good start to the Senior Bowl. You know, that's a guy uh, along the interior of the defensive line. Um. I'm still holding out some slight hope that Marlon Davidson will bounce back and turn into a a solid starter. But I have no idea if the new regime who has not drafted Marlon Davidson, if they're really going to give him much more of an opportunity. So, you know, I, I have to assume that the team is looking into pairing Grady Jarrett finally with someone along the defensive line. That can be a worthy sidekick because he has not had that since he's come to Atlanta.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Like uh, Marlon is a guy that I would like to see. You know, Thorsh. I think we all would, but um, it hasn't happened yet, and, and injuries have been partly to blame for that. So I don't want to throw it all on on Davidson. And
0: you know, and have well.
1: too. So um, it's tough. Uh, but he's got to show something soon, because like you said, he's, he wasn't drafted by this regime. You know, it's question, you know, he may need to sort of switch positions to play like five tech or something like that. Considering he was always a guy that had more athleticism than just a regular defensive tackle. And he played edge at, at, uh, at Auburn as well. So, you know, it's possible they sort of tried to get him to play more of like a three, four defensive end or something. Um, you know, any way that makes him productive, I, I'm open to it, basically.
2: Yeah, and these are guys where, you know, we can't really exclusively, especially not this year, we can't really exclusively look at uh, the guys that will only be in the top 10, so to speak, where, you know, we're kind of ignoring guys like, um, uh, for example, Jermaine Johnson, who you talked about at length before we cut off on YouTube, because the Falcons could very much trade down this year uh I would actually really like them to trade down but I think this year more than ever just with how many holes that the depth chart has and I feel like Terry Fontenot will try to give himself as much ammunition as possible in the draft with possibly a trade down which is something that we literally never saw with Thomas Dimitrov in the first round so you know some of these guys who are projected in the mid first round late first round those are guys that we need to keep a special eye on as well, more so than ever this season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Um, and I'm, I'm encouraged by Fontenot's sort of willingness to trade down last year. We talked about it a lot in the pre-draft that the Falcons only had six picks going and they needed to find a way to get more and a trade down in the first, probably not going to happen because they're, you know at four there's going to be a guy there that you want um and we sort of floated the possibility of trading down from the second and they did end up doing that um and I think he already has matched you know Thomas Dimitrov's like number of trade downs with that single trade down in his first draft so um I think that that shows us that they're open to it um early in the draft and I think that's something they should really consider doing at uh at eight, because I think there might be teams, you know, looking for quarterback or whatever else it it might be. But, um, you know, I think the value could be good. You know, you could pick up a day two pick, you could pick up more than that. If you trade down really far, you know, people floated like Pittsburgh at 20 as like a big trade down. But, you know, even if you just drop a couple spots with Washington or, um, you know, maybe you swap with Denver to make sure that their quarterback doesn't get sniped, you know, whatever you want, but um, they can add,
2: picks easily with that and we haven't even talked about you know possible trades to to pick up more resources Uh, as well I, I was gonna say possibly we have heard a lot of Calvin Ridley rumors where you know I'm just saying if the Patriots come to the Falcons and offer pick 21 for Calvin Ridley I would be very very hard pressed to reject that offer of a solid late first round pick and like you said Maybe they tra- maybe they Maybe Terry Fontenot wants to go all in on getting as many picks as possible. Goes all the way back to pick number 20 with the Steelers. That should be good enough to get you another first rounder next year if you're going from 8 to 20. Um, maybe even uh, another day two pick this season as well. And all of a sudden you have a treasure chest of ammunition to really rebuild this roster which has so many holes on it and you know maybe maybe a guy like a sauce gardener is there at 20 possibly that would sound like a a pretty dream move to get all of those assets and to still get a difference maker in the secondary
1: yeah I mean I think that's that's what I would be trying to do if I was the Falcons like I think going for those extra day two picks in particular obviously you're hoping to get a first rounder for Calvin Ridley and we've talked about the possibility of um, the Patriots, you know, being an option in the twenties, you know, I I sort of think that's probably as high as you're going to get, you know, I don't think you're going to get more than like pick 21 or something for Ridley. You know, there are questions surrounding him, fair or not. Um, So I think, you know, a first round pick is fair, but I don't, you know, some people are like, Oh, you know, he should get two firsts or more. And like in a perfect scenario, maybe he would be worth something like that, but where it is now, um, I think a first-round pick for him is fair, considering that the Falcons save a lot of money, which is important to them this year, certainly. Um, so, getting a first for Ridley, especially one in the early 20s, like from the Patriots, would be huge. Um, that could give them the flexibility to, you know, take another impact player. It could be, you know, another defensive lineman. It could be, like you said, Sauce. In that range, would be a great value. Um, there could be offensive linemen that fall. There could be guys like. Uh, like the Marvin Liao, who's sort of cooled off recently, it seems. He could be available there. It's just sort of a jack-of-all-trades dude. But, yeah, I like the sound of that. And, you know, other than Ridley, they don't have a lot of, like, great trade pieces. You know, Deion Jones is someone they're going to try to move, but I wouldn't really expect – serious compensation in return probably like a day three pick but that's not nothing you know that, that is something to consider
2: the the cap space you'll be saving is also definitely not nothing in trading no, yeah. yeah that'll be the primary reason but also like you know that there will and it happens every year there's gonna be someone who's projected high in the top half who falls inexplicably for whatever reason because of draft fatigue because his 40 time isn't as great as everyone thinks that it will be every single year it happens where a high impact player who is expected to go top 15 falls out of that range possibly into the 20s and that would be the the big benefit in trading back where you know we mentioned Jermaine Johnson uh he could be someone who's there in the in the early twenties or and you know he could rise to the teens. Maybe someone like a Nicobe Dean, who, you know, by all counts could possibly go top ten. Maybe he falls for whatever reason. And, you know, I, I just like the idea of the Falcons being that team in that position to take one of those fallers uh while at the same time bolstering their draft treasure chest with another second rounder. With possibly a, a future first rounder if they go back enough, because if you get another second rounder in this draft, you'll have three second round picks to work with. And that that is the foundation to building something special. And that's the foundation of really having a quicker rebuild than expected.
1: Yeah. And that's sort of what you're hoping for, especially with, you know, the news that Tom Brady's retiring and Sean Payton's gone and all this stuff. You know, it seems that the, the doors could be opening for the Falcons to sort of win the division. But, the, you know, the roster is still in bad shape. They got a lot of they got a lot of room to go. You know, the, the thing that they do have is Matt Ryan, which none of the other teams can say that they have an established quarterback. Um, but, you know, we saw Matt Ryan not look great last year behind one of the worst offensive lines in the league and very little in the way of weaponry. So they got to fix that. Like, if they want to compete, I mean, I think that's the secret. Like, they're not going to be able to fix – both the offense and the defense in one draft like it's not in one offseason even it's not going to happen so you know i don't know if they're gonna they'll probably take a little bit of a multiple approach but it wouldn't shock me at all with arthur smith you know his sort of calling card is the offense does he decide look we're gonna fix the offensive line we're gonna go all in to to fix the offense and then they sort of you know work on fixing up that side of the ball as, as much as they can still taking best player available defense when when it's you know, smart. Like I think no matter what happens, they're gonna come away with like an edge rusher in the first three rounds. Like I think they have to, just not because of positional need only, just because it's such a stat class. Like I think if you if you don't take one in that range, you're just sort of missing out. Like there's gonna be somebody good at one of your picks. So um you know looking forward to that. And we've seen quite a few guys here in Mobile that could be that sort of of talent. You know, we mentioned Jermaine Johnson as a first rounder. Kingsley and Igbari was great over the last two days, um, Majai Sanders was a guy I was a little bit down on, but he's had two great practices in a row. He's he's put on weight. He looks good. He's a day two guy. Um, you know, there, there's so many names. D'Angelo Malone um, from Western Kentucky, a guy I haven't really watched. I know he had some hype and he's got some supporters. Um, he was great. Uh, super fast, super fluid dude. Not the biggest rusher. I think he's like in the 240s. But, um, you know, speed guy, 3-4 outside linebacker type, he's, he's definitely one to watch. And uh, So, um, Kevin,
2: out, out of all of these guys who have possibly struggled, you know, the first two days haven't gotten off to a, a great start. And Eric was mentioning it on YouTube. Mac Jones was a guy last year who really started out, you know, slumping a little bit in the senior bowl and his stock went down. Who do you expect most to possibly bounce back uh, over the next couple of days here at the Senior Bowl, while you're there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I sort of expect the quarterbacks to look better tomorrow for the simple reason that they're not going to be out in like a torrential downpour with like the winds whipping around, and it'll be the third day, so that'll help. Um The early buzz is that the pre- the practice is going to be in the indoor facility tomorrow, which media doesn't have access to, but allegedly we'll be getting a live stream of it, so we'll still be reporting on it, but. It'll be, you know, a little bit disappointing that we won't be able to actually go there and, like, watch it again because that's a lot of fun. But, um, you know, I may go to, like, a watch party with some of these NBC Sports guys just to uh, <laughs> to sort of watch it together and, and comment on it. Maybe, we, maybe we'll do some sort of show from that as well. But, yeah, I mean, I think the quarterbacks are the ones that could really help themselves. Um, I think, honestly, the guys from the American team, you know, Sam Howell, Bailey Zappi, and uh, Malik Willis have all been fine. Like, they haven't really done anything that would be – poor um it's really the national guys that needed to do better and they did look better today but they've got room to grow you know um i'm a big fan of ritter he looked better today still not as good as i was hoping so we'll we'll see if that turns around tomorrow but the offensive line also needs to do better for both sides and you know filele is a guy that came with a lot of hype and you know i'm partially responsible for that and he he's been a dominant run blocker but he's he's struggled in pass pro against some of these really crafty edge rushers who are able to sort of get under his hands and, and, you know, Majai Sanders on the first day, put him on his back with a wicked spin move and just, you know, he got up underneath him and and that's, that's going to be a challenge for a guy as big as for that, you know, the leverage game is going to be something he's going to struggle with from his stature. So um,
2: we have, uh, we have enough of those guys who are really good at run blocking, but you know, very much struggle at pass blocking. (laughs) Uh, Matt Hennessy is the prime example from last season that comes to mind. Uh, Third highest graded center among uh, all eligible centers in run blocking grade. And he was, I think, 34th out of 41 eligible centers in pass blocking. So, yeah, the issue in the NFL is you pass block twice as much as you run block. So we definitely need some guys that can help keep Matt Ryan upright. Um, But yeah, is there anyone who, I know you've mentioned all these names, is there any one player who you're really specifically going to be keeping your eye on? Someone who you really think that the Falcons could possibly go after in these next couple days? I know we mentioned Jermaine Johnson, so other than him.
0: This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay.
2: Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down...
0: Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void or prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chess. See official rules at frito
1: Yes, other than Jones, I mean, Kingsley and Igbari makes a ton of sense. And I've talked about him a lot, too, so I won't spend too much time on him. But he's an Atlanta native. You know, he grew up in Atlanta. Um, he talked to me about how he would just love to come home and, and play in Atlanta. Um, you know, he's got a meeting schedule with the Falcons, I think, tomorrow. Um, so you know, he's someone they're interested in. Um in terms of other guys, I mean I think they really like Ritter, to be honest with you. I think Desmond Ritter is a guy they actually like. Um he had already spoken with the Falcons, which means he was one of the first interviews they did. Um and I don't know if that's meaningful or not. You know, I don't know how they divvy up the schedule, but um I did notice, you know, that Falele and uh, Ritter were two guys I talked to who had already spoken to the Falcons and not very many other people had so you know i it's i don't know if that means they're prioritizing these guys or if that's just how it shook down but that's you know my thoughts on it is that they love Filele and they love Ritter um i don't think that either of these guys are necessarily in play at like number 8 overall but day 2 what about
2: 43 so let me put yeah, you on yeah. the spot here a little bit the Falcons are there at 43. Uh, that's their first second round pick. Let's say there has not been any tradebacks, any trade-ups. They've made pick number eight. Let's say they went best defensive player available. Um, and Desmond Ritter is on the board. Do you think that they would pull the trigger on quarterback at 43? Yes.
1: Yeah, I do. Um, and I there's reasons. You know, I, I wrote about it in my mock because that was what I did in the last mock draft. Um I think that taking a quarterback at 43 is sort of the best of both worlds and that you're not getting rid of Matt Ryan this year. Um, so you're going to have a chance to let Ritter sit, which he needs to. Um, he's a great toolsy guy. Um, and he's more polished than Josh Allen was coming out, but, you know, not quite the specimen that Allen was, but he's close. I mean, I, I was talking to Kent Platte of um, – the relative athletic sports. And he told me like straight up, he thinks that Ritter will test out better than Malik Willis in terms of RAS because of his build. And he just straight up said he thought Ritter might be a better athlete, which shocked me, but you know, Kent knows his stuff. He's, he does the the numbers. Like that's, that's his game. That's what he does. So um, Ritter has a great arm. Um, The accuracy isn't as consistent as you like it to be, but you know, Josh Allen was way worse. He went number seven overall. Uh, and we all see what he's become. And for the Falcons, what I was telling people that were I was talking to at practice was like, look, the Falcons aren't looking for a floor quarterback. They're not looking for a guy that's going to come in and, and give you great, you know, solid average to above average starting. They don't need that. They've got Matt Ryan and they can get solid to above average quarterback play out of Ryan for the next three to four years. I would wager. If you, if you're going to move on from Ryan, you need more than that. You need, you know, potentially elite quarterback play, a high end starter. Um, I think there's, there's two guys that really offer that in this class and that's Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter. And it's really just what you prefer in terms of your flavor. I think Ritter's more polished. You know, I think Malik Willis is a really special runner. Um, Malik Willis might even have a better arm. I mean, his arm is really special, but he's got more, he's got uh, further to go, but I think at 43, you're not wasting a premium pick. Um, you know, you're, you're using sort of a day two selection to get uh, an advanced look at a guy that could be a future franchise quarterback, could not be. But um, I think if, if the opportunity presents itself to get somebody at 43 that you think has the potential to be, you know, a, a good to great NFL starter in time, then I think it's worth the pick, even if it doesn't work out. Because, you know, we were just talking about Marlon Davidson. Um, second round picks aren't exactly guaranteed to hit even if you take a defensive player, you know, so um, franchise quarterback is the most valuable thing in the league. And if you can get one uh, on day two, you know, even better. I know, I know the odds aren't great of hitting it, but you take him now, you have a chance to see what he can do for a year before you have to commit. You know, if he looks great, really promising, maybe you trade Ryan next year and use those picks to uh, rebuild the roster. If he's not what you like, you know, you can either take a quarterback again next year, or you can roll with Matt Ryan for a little bit longer. And I think, you know, worst case, Ritter will be a solid backup for you. Um, you know, I think he's someone that you could keep around, maybe develop and trade later, sort of like a Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so there, there's more paths than just either he's a franchise guy or not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I think they like him. Um, you know, I can't remember who tweeted out, but someone noticed that, you know, Arthur Smith was talking to Luke Fickle, the Cincinnati head coach, for like 30 minutes on the sideline. Um, and I don't think he was talking to him just about Desmond Ritter. I mean, there's a lot of great Cincinnati players this year, but, um, yeah, I mean, that my thinking is Ritter sort of fits what Arthur Smith wants to a T, you know, he he can run everything in the playbook. He's got the arm to hit everything. He's great on play action. Um, and getting him at a discount at 43. I mean, that's, that's, I think a, a move that this regime would like to make.
2: So. Uh, so he's there at forty three. Would you possibly move up a few spots? Not not all the way into the first round, but he's there possibly at thirty five. Do you think the Falcons could possibly uh, spend uh sacrifice a day three pick to go up there because it would, after all, be a franchise quarterback? And if if Arthur Smith really is in love with them, we know that you know what our, Arthur Smith wants, he gets. We saw that with Kyle Pitts last year.
1: I mean, I think you either trade up into the late first for a guy or you wait. Like, I think it's – I don't think there's any point in trading up into like, the early part of the second because I think um, either, like, the Lions and those guys are going to take quarterbacks or they're not. And if they are, then you're you're sort of comfortable with them doing it. Um, And if they're not, you know, you're going to wait. But I I think – if they're going to trade up they would do it into the like to pick 32 or something like that. They would try to sneak into the very end of the first round and take a guy, you know, i think the most likely scenario that they end up taking somebody in the first would be with a pick from Calvin Ridley. You know, say they trade with the Chiefs. That they trade Ridley to the Chiefs and they have like pick 28 or 29, you know, that very well could turn into a quarterback pick just because you get the fifth year option and all that stuff um and you know, you don't have to wait very long to pick again, so you're probably not necessarily the, the talent the talent level in this draft like between pick 28 and 50 is like pretty close like those guys are all pretty close together so um you know i i wouldn't be shocked if they use that extra pick from a ridley trade you know a late first rounder on a quarterback but it wouldn't also shock me if they just sort of said look we'll see if, if willis or ritter is there for us at 43 we'll take him but that we're not going to go out of our way to get him um I just don't know how they feel about him. Like if they're if they're in on him, you know, they they definitely might trade up. I don't know, but I I don't know how in how in they are. You know, are they in like we like him as a second rounder, or are they in like we need to trade up for this guy? It's just we have so little intelligence on it. You know, I think they're interested, but we'll have to see uh, what they decide to do with that.
2: And you already know that the Falcons are incredibly incredibly tight lipped. They're not going to reveal anything. Uh, I think Terry Fontenot at his press conference the other day, and he just straight up said, I'm not going to talk about this, 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 or this. And, you know, it's like, all right, what else is there to talk about if we're, if we're not going to talk about Ridley or, you know, the draft or anything like that? But that's also a good thing. Uh, you know, you don't want any leaks happening. Uh, it really reminds me of, of uh, the Braves front office as well. Very, very tight-lipped in-house, and you know, Anthopolis, and they've done a great job. So, Kevin, right now, uh, what what position would you re- would you go after? Uh, ideally, at pick number eight, would it be an edge? Uh, would it be someone in the secondary rebuilding the offensive line? Let's say you can get your ideal draft prospect today, because we there's no way we can that we can know who's going to be there, especially before the combine. Uh, what what position would you ideally like for the Falcons to get uh, at pick number eight?
1: I mean, I think position, it's probably an edge guy if it works out. But I think in reality, you know, you're probably hoping that Kyle Hamilton falls um, because he's he's the Kyle Pitts of this class. He's just the best player at a position that's not traditionally valued that highly. And there's a non-zero chance that NFL teams sort of. You know, do overthink it, and they're like, "Look, he's a safety. We have all these big needs. There's these great offensive tackles, He's great edge defenders. Carolina's like, we need to take, we need to take a quarterback, or I'm get, or Matt Rule's getting fired. So um, they need to take a quarterback, or Matt Rule is getting fired. Like seriously, please, you know, Carolina, think about that. But um, you know, I, I think Kyle Hamilton's who I'm hoping for. Um, if he's not there, you know, I think that there's it's kind of an even split between offensive tackle and edge, just depending on who's available. You know, I think if Evan Neal or a Kevin are there, that's sort of a no brainer. Same thing with like, obviously Aiden Hutchinson or Thibodeau, but neither of them are likely to be there either. So you're probably looking at like Carl Loftus or Jermaine Johnson or Ojabo in terms of the edge guys and a tackle Charles Cross, you know, he's really intriguing. Um, you know, I don't know when's the last time he played right tackle, but if you think he can play a right tackle, he's, the best pass protector in the draft and um, not necessarily a mauling run blocker, but someone who's technically, you know, capable of doing it. And he does it, you know, with some, some nastiness, even though he's not the biggest dude, but um, so those guys would probably be high up on the list. Um, Other guys, you know, corner, I think you're probably looking at the number one or number two corner being there for you. So, you know, for me, that would be Andrew Booth or, or Mm -hmm. sauce Gardner, but um, you know, I know, wide receiver was getting some hype early. I just don't see it. Like I like Traylon Burks. Like I like, I thought I liked Traylon Burks more than most people, but I don't think he's a top 10 pick. You know, I think he's very good. You know, if they traded down, I would be more interested in considering that. But
2: yeah, yeah. maybe maybe in the second round, especially if you, if you trade Calvin Ridley, I wouldn't be against a wide receiver. Uh, Maybe George Pickens is there at your pick in the second round, but yeah, at eight, that seems, that seems a bit rich um evan do you have anything i feel like i've i've taken over the microphone and uh no i'm
0: just just enjoying listening to be honest um all my kind of senior bowl knowledge this season has come from looking at kevin's twitter um i know you kind of touched on this uh kevin from on and on but um you know it's only day two but is there anyone you're like looking more to seeing that you're like, oh, I really want to see more of this guy, even if you're not going to see it, but somebody who's kind of like a, I guess, dark horse, like somebody who may not have been on your radar going there, but it's like, hmm, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I would say like um, Damian Pierce, the running back out of Florida, he's been really impressive. Um, he's been the best running back here. I know he's had fans from the like like some of our viewers and stuff like that. Um, he ca- caught the football really well, ran the ball really well, uh, pass blocked really well. Uh, towards the end of practice, the Lions do a thing where they do like a best of three. And the first day it was Jermaine Johnson against Darian Kennard. Um, and that was, you know, fun. Uh, today it was like a best of three, and they had three different sort of challenges. And the first one, you know, was like uh, defensive tackle versus guard. And then the second one was like uh, edge rusher versus tackle. And the third one was linebacker uh versus running back you know in pass pro and uh you know Pierce stood up uh I think it was Brian Asamoah or Chad Mumar one of those really good linebacker prospects he just absolutely obliterated him in pass pro so that's gonna help him get drafted high I mean I think he's really helped himself um and you know, I, I I don't know that Falcons are gonna take a running back on day two I think if they get additional day two picks from a trade down or something like that, they'll really consider it because I think it's somewhere they could really upgrade the spot, hopefully next to quarter all Patterson. Cause I'm still hoping he comes back, but, um, you know, running back is one, um, you know, wide receivers. I was watching a lot today. Um, Alec Pierce, I'd like to see more of, you know, that they, they haven't been able to connect a lot with the receivers. The quarterback struggled the first day and then today was so wet. It just was, there weren't a lot of cop passes as a result. Um, so I'd like to see more out of those receivers. I really like Alec Pierce, Christian Watson, the North Dakota state speedster. He was like the best receiver out there today. Um, but honestly, a lot of the wide receivers had a good day. Calvin Austin from Memphis, you know, sort of a discount guy, you know, he's 57 170 but uh, that dude was awesome. Um, you know, he's definitely someone I think who's worked his way into day two um, as like, kind of like Tutu Atwell, but better size than Tutu Atwell and, um, I think he's more versatile, honestly, even though he didn't necessarily have the crazy season Atwell had, you know, his last year in college. But um in terms of other positions, you know, I think all of the pretty much all of the <laughs> edge rushers had good days. Um, you know, uh D'Angelo Malone is someone who might have worked his way into day two. You know, he looked really, really explosive, really fast and showed off some some advanced moves. Honestly, I haven't watched much of him, but I was impressed with that. Um, who was another guy? I'm trying to remember his name. Obviously, Perry and Winfrey from Oklahoma, the defensive tackle. That dude is a monster. Um, you know, he, I thought that Fidarian Mathis would be the best defensive tackle. Uh, and I would say he's been outplayed by Winfrey, who I think is more raw but has a better ceiling. And that really has shown this week. You know, Winfrey's been dominant. Um, a guy that I hadn't watched much of that I really didn't think much about, but that's been impressive on the defensive line again was. Um, John Ridgway from Arkansas. Uh, that dude is a bull, um, and he's big. Uh, he's nasty. He was doing really well. Um, you know, just the defensive line has really dominated, um, so that's mostly who I've been impressed with is those, those big nasties. Uh, Travis Jones, the Yukon nose tackle, too. That dude is a beast. He, he can't be blocked one-on-one. It's not fair. Like, you see all these centers trying. It, the, the drill is definitely skewed towards the nose tackle one-on-one, but these centers cannot like even stop him. Like it's it's crazy. So if the Falcons are looking for a nose and um Jordan Davis, you know, they they don't go the Jordan Davis direction early, Travis Jones on day two is definitely someone to watch. Um yeah, I don't know if you have anything also if anybody else has questions, uh you can request to speak and we'll try to get some other folks in here too. But go ahead, on Oh
2: uh, yeah, no, I was just, I was gonna say that's uh that's about it for me. I definitely I think you've done a great job with uh with covering this and with, you know, getting us some exclusive things like, for example, I didn't know that uh, Arthur Smith, you know, was talking that long with uh, with the Cincinnati coach. Uh, I did not know about all of these uh, all these interviews that the Falcons are requesting immediately. Um, so it, that's one of those things where you know it, it's it's these small reading of the tea leaves, exclusive things because you're not really going to hear anything from. From any general managers, any head coaches, you kind of you kind of have to read about it a lot read into it a little bit yourself based on what's going on. So you know, I definitely think you're you're doing a great job down there representing the the falcoholic down at the senior bowl.
1: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's been nice to meet everyone. You know, it's really humbling. Um, you know, shout out to the falcoholic live viewers that have helped me pay for the trip. That's just really, it's really like touched me. Um, you know, I really feel the support from you guys. It really, uh, you know, I just, it's really incredible. Um, you guys raised almost $500 to help me get down there and it's just, it it means a lot. So I just want you guys to know that. Um, and, uh, you know, I got to meet some people. Um, it's just really sort of surreal to, to go down there and people, you know, I was sort of like, oh, I'm going to have to like, you know, talk to a bunch of people, and start making connections, but you know uh like the pound for pound guys and a lot of the other atlanta folks that are down there um other espionage people you know people it's like oh yeah what's up you know we love your content we love the show and all that so shout out to you know everyone who watches and stuff because you guys help get the show out there you guys help um spread the word and it, it is spreading like you know i think the uh, the nfl media types you know people people know about the site you know they know about falcon live um and it's it's cool um to, to have that so uh you know, i've been really enjoying it uh, i hope to go back you know every year that i can and uh i've got a lot more clips to upload tonight so if there's no more questions we'll probably wrap it up here uh just so i can get the rest of these videos out i know you guys are hungry for that but um yeah uh sorry that the uh live stream is not working uh it worked just fine last night um i'm wondering if you know it's because i did it earlier and there's like way more people on the internet now like at you know eight o'clock at night so uh, tomorrow. I'll probably try to do it earlier again and see if that helps, but um, appreciate your patience, you know, sticking with us to try the spaces, which I think has worked out decently well. So, um, again, I uh, really appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks to to Adnan and Evan for for uh, coming in and, and helping uh, with some questions and cool things like that, and we will obviously continue bringing you guys content uh, throughout the week, uh, you know, into next week, and, you know, we'll be right on into free agency stuff after this, um, and Yeah, if you guys haven't caught the show live on YouTube, it's called The Falcoholic Live. We're on every Wednesday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. uh, So you can check that out. And uh, yeah, check out the site, falcoholic.com in case you've found this space without knowing about The Falcoholic. Definitely check that out for content. That's where Don and Evan and uh, Eric all contribute. Uh, And yeah, uh, thanks so much again, guys. And uh, we will talk to you again soon. Have a good night, and we will uh, see you guys. Uh, over the rest of the week all right have a good night folks have a great night everyone